Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Welcome back, everybody. It is 134 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. Cars cost less than Wetasco and Brent Ridge Ford and Wetasco and well-known for their top-shelf service department. They don't forget about you after a purchase, and uh, they'll continue to look after your vehicle through their service department if there's any challenges. You can reach out to Uncle Milt, who uh, does spend some time stateside and goes in and takes in Bakersfield Condors games. Rich, Johnny, and let the team at Brent Ridge Ford make you feel uh, and make you know that you're going to be a repeat customer. You can reach them, 780-352-6048. Brent Ridge Ford is your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin. I was at a, a dinner, um, Blue Water Cafe in Vancouver, on Friday night with some uh, guys in the car business, and uh, they were talking about how successful a campaign was. Cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. As we go to our headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky, it just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock today, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. He's our headliner. He's Bakersfield Condors head coach, Colin Chuck, and he joins me on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Hi, Colin. How are you doing? Doing well, Bob. How about yourself? Good. How would you assess uh, the weekend that was a split against Tucson? Um, you know, we didn't start well in the uh, in the first one there on Friday, and then the, the boys battled back, make her 3-2 uh, at, at the end of 40 minutes, and then... You know, it got away from us in the last 10 minutes, I would say. But uh, the positive side is, is we re- we responded very well uh, and controlled most of the game up until, uh, you know, late late power play, goalie pull. They, they started to take it to us, but uh, we were able to uh, get the win. And, you know, two of our last three and points of four of our last five has been uh, definitely a real positive start, uh, a positive uh, light for our for our group here. Whereas, uh, as you know, we've gone through some growing, uh, growing uh, challenges here, so... Yeah, it, you had a tough year. Um, I, I do have a couple guys that uh, keep me abreast. Uh, Saturday night, we were broadcasting our games, so I didn't get a chance to watch your game on uh, Saturday. Uh, but one of the things that uh, you know we are seeing, and I don't know how closely you guys are monitoring this, it, because there isn't AHL time on ice, but I was given the impression that some of your younger players are starting to see 17, 18 minutes a game, especially the forwards. And the productivity right now, Lavoie's up to seven goals. Uh, I think he's got six, six, and 12 in his last 12 games. He's a second-round pick for the Oilers. Tulio, frankly, I've been a little surprised at some of his offensive productivity. He's playing a bit more. You had Noah Phillip, uh, Phillip uh, centering his brother Luke, by the way, got recalled by the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Who are in, in Edmonton on Saturday? How do you guys? Do you have a like? Since the league doesn't have time on ice, do you have somebody that actually does that for you? Does, does your video guy like? Do you have somebody that sort of does that on a game by game basis? Yeah, the video guy. You know, we, we you know we, we it's not it's not perfect, right? Like at, at the NHL level, but we we have a real good idea. And those guys, uh, you know, you hit the nail on the head. Like those those kids or or, or young prospects, whatever you want to call them, are, are earning those type of minutes. Uh, you know, you, you know, we, we've obviously we chat, you know, for the most part, almost every week or every other week, and and uh, there's been some tough love, uh, and there's always moments where you know maybe at times it could go either way, and the truth of the matter is, is that the kids are playing very, very well, and uh, um, you know, it, it, it hasn't happened overnight. It's taken 35 games, right? And they and they've been coming, and the names that you mentioned, uh, you know, I, I think Noah was uh, was even close to 20 minutes. I, I think uh, he took the big face up 
at the end, six on five on the right dot, and uh, he's able to win the draw. So he was over 50%, and you know there was times in the year where he was below 40. So he uh, he's understanding what it means to be a pro. He's killing penalties. He's playing special teams, and uh, all, all the kids have uh, have at least one role, and then at times they get on both. And you know what? We're where they're playing better, uh, they're scoring, which we haven't scored a lot this year, and uh, we're finding ways to get t- team points. So uh, there's some, there's lots of positive going on here in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and I want to stick with the kids here. And, and look, Noah Phelps a little bit older. He's 24. You know, he's 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 played in a, a pretty good university program in Canada that has some expectations. We knew there was going to he'd missed a lot. He didn't play for a year and a half. It should be mentioned. Uh, so I look at him a little bit differently than I do at Carter Savoy or um, a guy like Tulio who are a little bit younger. Uh, but, you know, I'm looking specifically at Philp for a, a, a specified role. You know, could this be a guy at some point towards the back half of next season that could work his way into the NHL as a bottom six right shot center? You've played him left wing, you've played him right wing. Has he played mostly center over the last few games for you, Colin? Yeah, he's played, I would say he's played mostly center. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but it's probably close to 10 to 15 games. Like when we were trying to get him going, we're moving him around. And then conversation with Noah and I was like, Noah, we're going to put you in there. And and I asked him actually first what he wanted to do. And and, and I can't forget it because he said, "I, I I would love to just have a shot and play center. Perfect, and, and his minutes have have increased from there. And I think part of it is finding a rhythm, like whatever it is you do. Right, if you're not doing, if you're not on the radio for you know six months to a year, you're not going to be as sharp as you are now. It's just that that's the reality, right? So to, uh, to to we allowed him to get that rhythm, but he also helped himself, right, by doing the work, doing video, uh, and just you know, and, and and playing better, right? You know, so um, you know, it's been a combination of everybody, but he he's definitely put his work in. Colin, for the record, if I wasn't on the radio for six months to a year. There would be about 200,000 really happy Edmontonians, but my wife would be going crazy. She'd say, get the hell out of the house. You're driving me nuts. All right, so uh, that's Noah Philp, and, and he you know, he doesn't have the same ceiling, with all due respect to Noah, as a guy like Xavier Borgo. And he has, I think it's fair to say, he's been the one younger guy that you've consistently played a fair amount of minutes to all season long. Is that fair, Colin? Yeah, that's fair to say. Absolutely, yep. How do you think, uh, what are you seeing out of, like, some people look at the numbers, they go nine goals, 19 points, 37 games, they say that's pedestrian, and I think you just hit on it. You guys haven't scored a ton this year. I think he's doing fine, but you, you know, you tell me, you're coaching this guy on a nightly basis. Yeah, we haven't, you know, like, you know, last year, a little, little bit different roster, you know, we were, you know, top 10 in offense in the, uh, in the second half, but it was, it was not, uh, Edmonton Oilers offense, right? Like off the rush, it was hard, you know, rebound in your face, kind of, you know, that blue collar you've heard me say probably, yeah. you know, too many times okay so this year there's some younger skill and there's some high level skill with with Borgo and um, you know so there's not that supporting scoring or as much around him right so um, you know he's learning uh, against men and I've said that you know countless times but 
you know, the bright spot is, is to your point, like he's, you know, he's, he looks like he's going to score 20 goals. Like that's, you, you, you have to uh, uh, understand or, or believe that uh, or have faith that that's a very good start. That's a very good first season. He has some high level uh, talent. He's, you know, he's, he's not of age to, uh, yet to, to do a lot of things. So, um, you know, it's not going to happen right away, you know? So uh, is he an offensive guy? Is he playing all special teams? Is he playing lots of minutes? Uh, power plays PK, you know, six on five, five on six. He's getting all those experiences. And, um, you know, he handles some well. He handles some great. Some he likes to have back. Raphael Lavoie, I'm not sure. I I don't know what, like, he's had a couple real hot offensive runs. I love the fact that he had the fight uh, in Calgary a couple weeks ago. Uh, He's still a prospect. He's a second-round pick. You can't coach six foot four. Is he coming on for you a bit? Yeah, he's... uh... He's, he's, you know, Raph, obviously, right, with my role as an assistant, doing, like, lots of individual video and on the ice early, you know, when he had a tough start last year. And so it's like there's personal investment because I was, my role was a little bit different. So it's like there's a lot of heavy, it's different lifting as a head coach and assistant coach. So there's lots of heavy lifting there. But Raph's done his part, you know. He had a tough start, obviously, injury, and then, uh, um, you know, was struggling there and then came back and played a really good game and then got hurt again. And since he's come back he has been he has been excellent you know i would say he wasn't great on on uh on friday night you know he had a little bit too much east west and saturday morning he looked me right in the eye and he says chalker i'm not going down the lineup and i said okay i'm gonna watch the lineup then and he came out and scored two minutes into the, into the game it was a power move it wasn't like a you know it was taking the puck in the net and uh you know we had a couple of them and you know he he, he converted on one we're joined by Colin Talk. Colin, uh, let's switch focus here. Has Ty Tulio surprised you a bit? He's got seven goals, 14 points in 32 games. There were some people that thought maybe, you know, he might have some spend some time down on the coast, but he's been relatively productive. Uh, you know, he's currently, you know, basically sitting about fourth in your team in goals. Ty has been a pleasant surprise. And I tell you, in the beginning of the year, he uh, he was very light. He got pushed off the puck. Uh, he was on the outside. Then you saw some glimpses of some skill. He made some plays. Uh, you know, he knows how to score, that kind of stuff. Okay. And there again, like hard conversations. And, you know, he looked me in the eye and said, like, I don't understand why I'm not playing that much. You know, those sorts of things. And, you know, it's, it's that thing from being the best player on your team or the top three player on your team probably most of your life, right? Smart winning goals, Joshua Generals, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, realize only there's Bordeaux and there's Savoy and there's Lavoie and they're all in the same boat. They were all on different teams though last year, right? You know, and, you know, so now they're all together, all fighting for those important minutes. So uh, he's been a pleasant surprise. Uh, I tell you, he plays hard. He competes. Uh, his last two goals were uh, six inches away from the blue paint. So, uh, you know, uh, he's learning how to mix that into his game, and he can still score from distance and make plays and that kind of stuff. But he's been a, he's been a pleasant surprise. Uh, Vincent DeHarnay led the American Hockey League in plus-minus last year. That was the guy that caught my eye when I was down in Baco for that week last year. Um, he has, frankly, he hasn't been a surprise for me for the Oilers. I got to tell you that. Like I kind of thought, Yanni Hockenpah. That's what I thought when I saw him play. And I know Edmonton had interest in Hockenpah as a UFA after he uh, played pretty well for Carolina in the playoffs a couple of years ago. How much does your team, like, I mean, is there maybe a way you could educate our listeners on how important DeHarnay was to your team over the last couple seasons and uh, whether or not you guys miss him a bit at the A? 
Oh, we we uh, we miss him, but uh, but we also think we lost. Oh, there he is. Maybe uh, Brennan here. Uh, yeah, we got you. We had you now. You're bouncing in and right. So try that again on Dayarnay. Just uh, you miss him a bit from the lineup. Yeah, we 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 miss him, uh, but at the same time, we don't want to see him. Right, so uh, we're we're very happy for him, and uh, you know I, I I know the line has been used up in Edmonton. It's uh, I believe it's a Dave and Jay uh, line, uh, you know seaweed seaweed out there. You know uh, he's got a great stick. Um, you know everything that everybody's seeing, we already knew. Um, you know the biggest thing I think is that he he's passionate and he's consistent on defending. That's what he wants to do. He wants to block shots. He wants to defend. He wants to break rushes up. And then he also has the savviness and poise to make a middle play to a, a streaking forward or a stretch pass to a, uh, to a forward, tape to tape. And then sneaky, his sneaky blue line offense. Uh, you know, and it's just simple. He gets pucks through. He gets them to the net. Uh, he's not afraid to, to, to make a pass uh, without giving up defense. And, and, and in my opinion, I think every team is dying for, I believe it's six, seven right shot defensemen who does those things. Uh, I got to ask you this because uh, you could when you played. Can he fight? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he's tough. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He, uh, you know, the game is. Uh, changed. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I was an offensive guy, right? And I, and I, 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 you know, 19 years in the OHL and minor pro, I never went a season without getting in a fight. I mean, you, you, if you go around the room right now and, and ask, and I had multiple fights every year, and I was, a, I would say, I was a two-way offensive player. You know, that's not that's not the game, but I do believe that there's a ton of fear. In, in players' eyes, and when you inject that fear with toughness, team toughness, and guys that can drop the gloves, I do believe it helps you win. Uh-huh. You can do it. And he can do it. That's good to know. Marcus Niemelainen, uh, still, you know, he, he like uh, DeHarnay, they're at the same price point at their NHL deals at 762000 Uh To me, it's not a realm of possibility uh, that both Niemelainen and DeHarnay are here next year. I'm not sure they necessarily play. Like, you know, if Nemo's here, maybe it's a seven. Maybe it's better if he's down full-time in Bakersfield. Uh, he got a couple goals this weekend. Sometimes guys go down and they're they're disappointed. Uh, how did he perform for you this weekend? Yeah, ne- Nemo, uh, you know, scores both goals in the uh, you know the Friday game, and someone that's not you know known for generating offense. Uh, another note that is you know uh, he had all new gear on the gear. The gear got lost, and uh, you know trainers did a fantastic job getting him all new equipment, so he's probably playing out there uncomfortable. Uh, he did a did a great job for us. Uh, he moved the puck well. Uh, I would say Nemo's uh, just something that he needs to continue to work on, just his puck skills, his tape-to-tape passing, you know, and understanding uh, when there's a play to be made, make it, and when there isn't a play, uh, you know, to, uh, you know, more so glassing out or or high flip, uh, you know, put the puck in an area where he can defend it. But his physical play, his stick detail, you know, shot blocking, uh, you know, PK, all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, left shot, a little little bit different uh, than than, uh, Desi, um, but, but definitely offers that uh, defending mentality and a ton of pride and passion in it. You got uh, San Diego, I think, Wednesday. What's the rest of the schedule look like, Colin? Uh, Wednesday, Friday in San Diego, and then uh, travel back home uh, to play San Jose Saturday night, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's a pretty full house there in uh, Bakersfield. All right, look forward to having you on next week. Thanks for your time.
Thanks, Bob. You as well. You bet. That is Colin Chalk. He's the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. You had you heard him. Uh, they're accelerating and ramping up the minutes. Uh, like the uh, for the young guys, like the uh, Oilers, they also have a more favorable schedule here in the second half of the season. All right, uh, one fifty in Edmonton. We'll take a one minute timeout. Come back and wrap up Oilers now with the Stan Oilers history and an Oilers injury report. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 151 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Oh, we got some stuff to take care of here. We'll start with the Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. It's this simple. James H. Brown. They're the best at what you do. They can get you the best results. Uh, 250 years of experience at James H. Brown. And uh, back at practice today, Matthias Janmark, after missing the two previous games with a little bit of an illness. Uh, Banner Kane was not at practice. Uh, club uh, discloses personal, uh, not injury-related. Uh, so there you have it. Of course, Yamamoto on LTIR, Ryan Murray on LTIR for the Edmonton Oilers. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 50-plus years. They have 15 Edmonton and area locations, four in Calgary, one in Red Deer. You can go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. The staffer recommendation at Royal Pizza is the Mediterranean chicken. Royal Pizza still making it great. As we go to this day in Oilers history for New West Travel, you can travel to Cali this April to see the Oilers play the Kings and the Ducks. Reach out to New West Travel at newwesttravel.com. And here is Brendan Escott. I know what's on the script, but let's just wind it back a few years. This day in 2019, Bob, General Manager Peter Shirelli let go following a 3-2 Oilers loss on home ice to the Detroit Red Wings, spelling the end of a, a tumultuous tenure, shall we say, that included trades just day, or rather a contract signing, an extension for Miko Koskinen a day or two before this. couple trades. It's two, right? One yeah. for Manning, one for Alex Petrovich. Uh, on the, they also got uh, who else? They bring in. They brought in Weidman at one point on the back end. Had some injuries. Um, yeah, I was interested with Pete. Downgraded the skill a little bit. Um, don't know how functional. I mean, part of part of Peter's big play was to bring in Milan Lucic as, a, and he had one good year as a top six. You know, think about the contrast between that and Hyman. Okay. And I'll be the first to admit, we had numerous people concerned, texting us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at that time, concerned about the Lucic contract and that it would not, quote, quote unquote, age well. I did not see the drop-off being as precipitous as it was in year two of that deal. And by the time we got to year three, um, that was part of what... Alter- and don't forget, in order to make room for signing Lucic, they traded Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. The Strom trade for Spooner, um, change needed to be made. It don't think there was any question about it. I never debated for a second that Todd McClellan would work again after he was fired by Pete Chiarelli. That he would get a coaching job. I think he had a coaching job a lot sooner than most people realize. After that happened, like within days. Okay, 
there was an opportunity there. Um, Pete currently working in St. Louis. He did sign Connor McDavid eight years, twelve and a half million. Leon Dreisaitl eight years, eight and a half million. Those two contracts, in fairness to Shirelli, and we know there's lots of opportunity to hammer at Pete. Uh, those two contracts have aged pretty well. Tomorrow, for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta Daily Faceoffs, Frank Saravalli. We will also have Alan May on tomorrow's show and the general manager of the Seattle Thunderbirds, the prohibitive favorite, in my opinion, to win the WHL championship this year, son of WHL coaching legend, now GM of the Seattle Thunderbirds, Bill LaForge Jr. Frank Cervalli's appearances brought to you by the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Find event schedules at thehorses.com. We'll see you at the races again. Nickelback announced today at Rogers Place. What is this, June the 24th? You got it. There you go. Reed Wilkins has inside sports night. What's he got shaking? A little bit more from the Oilers locker room, and then you'll hear from uh, Edmonton Elks defensive back Ed Gainey. Okay, up next, global news, weather, traffic update with Randy Kilburn, followed by Angela Coquat today from 2 to 3, then the 6.30 Chet Afternoons of Jalen I. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Evans Gaines, hold on.